Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of Von Willebrand disease found under the heme section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 30-year-old woman presents with a recurrent history of nosebleeds and heavy menses. She recently read that taking a baby aspirin was good for her heart. However, ever since she started taking aspirin, she has been experiencing more and more nosebleeds. Her father and paternal uncle similarly have histories of prolonged nosebleeds. Labs show increased PTT, a normal PT, and increased bleeding time. Let's continue with an introduction to von Willebrand disease. Remember that this is an inherited mixed platelet and coagulation disorder from deficiency in von Willebrand factor. In terms of the epidemiology, remember that this is the most commonly inherited bleeding disorder. It demonstrates a female-to-male ratio of 2 to 1, and this is likely due to more women being diagnosed due to menorrhagia. It is more likely in Caucasians, and the genetics demonstrate an autosomal dominant inheritance pattern. In terms of the pathogenesis, remember that this disease affects coagulation. This is because von Willebrand factor carries and protects factor 8. It is produced by endothelial cells and megakaryocytes, and it is a part of the intrinsic pathway coagulation. It also affects platelets. This is because von Willebrand factor is important in platelet adherence to endothelial lining. However, platelet aggregation will be normal as this is mediated by fibrinogen. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms may include mucocutaneous bleeding, such as epistaxis, gingival bleeding, petechiae, easy bruising, and menorrhagia. Some patients may be asymptomatic, and some may demonstrate increased bleeding time after aspirin use. In terms of further studies, patients will demonstrate a normal or increased PTT similar to hemophilia, a normal PT, and an increase in bleeding time, which is unlike hemophilia. A CBC may demonstrate normal platelet count and appearance, and some patients may have anemia. Another study will demonstrate a decrease in von Willebrand factor antigen. In terms of the differential diagnosis, make sure to think about Bernard-Soulier syndrome, Glanzmann thrombosthenia, and hemophilia. In terms of the diagnosis, remember that this is made by the Aristocetin cofactor assay. It tests the ability of platelets to bind to Aristocetin, which is an artificial endothelial surface, and it will demonstrate decreased platelet agglutination. Another repeat test may be required as von Willebrand factor is an acute phase reactant, so stress, surgery, pregnancy, and oral contraceptives may increase von Willebrand factor. In terms of treatment, prevention is accomplished by avoiding aspirin. Desmopressin is another option as it releases von Willebrand factor that is stored in endothelial cells. Factor 8 replacement may be used in refractory cases to desmopressin. Remember that this contains von Willebrand factor. And cryoprecipitate is no longer used. Complications related to von Willebrand disease include excessive bleeding, especially during childbirth. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that most cases are mild or moderate in severity, and there is a variable prognosis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to von Willebrand disease, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 25-year-old woman comes into your office with complaints of heavy bleeding. She states that her mother also has heavy bleeding during her menstrual cycle. She has had a heavy flow as long as she can remember and had her first menstrual cycle at age 12. She states that during her cycle, she has to change pads every two hours for at least three days. She also states that she gets bruised easily, just like her mother. She denies any past medical history other than her heavy menstrual flow and denies taking any medications. 
She also denies any medical history in her father and says that he is perfectly healthy. Her vitals are a heart rate of 85, temperature of 98.8, respiratory rate of 13, and blood pressure of 125 over 75. Her CBC is significant for a hemoglobin of 10.5, white blood cell count of 5.8, platelets of 250, and a hematocrit of 33. On coagulation studies, her PT is 14 seconds and her PTT is 43 seconds. Her INR is 1.1. What is the most likely cause of this patient's menorrhagia? And the answer choices are Choice 1, Factor 5 Leiden. Choice 2, Von Willebrand's disease. Choice 3, Hemophilia A. Choice 4, Hemophilia B. Or Choice 5, Antiphospholipid Antibody Syndrome. The best answer to this question is Choice 2, Von Willebrand's disease. A patient presenting with menorrhagia with a family history of such and lab significant for prolonged PTT with normal PT is likely suffering from Von Willebrand's disease. Von Willebrand's disease is the most common inherited bleeding disorder and it is inherited in an autosomal dominant fashion. This coagulopathic disease results from a quantitative or qualitative defect in Von Willebrand's factor, which is required for platelet aggregation. Factor 8 is also released with Von Willebrand's factor and therefore a defect in VWF typically results in a normal PT and INR with a prolonged PTT. It is most commonly treated with desmopressin, which stimulates secretion of von Willebrand factor from the endothelial cells. In urgent or refractory situations, it can also be treated with cryoprecipitate administration, although this is an old modality. The publication by Ballas et al. discusses the diagnosis of bleeding disorders. For VWD, they state that the PTT is not always prolonged and at times may be normal. For this reason, they first recommend a mixing study to determine whether the PTT prolongation corrects. If this is negative or if the PTT is normal, they recommend first testing levels of VWF and factor 8. Lastly, if these are also negative and there is still high suspicion, they recommend using a Ristocetin cofactor assay, which is the gold standard, to confirm the diagnosis. The publication by Kujovic et al. reports on the prevalence of menorrhagia with VWD. They state that 60 to 95% of women with VWD present with menorrhagia as a chief complaint. Similarly, they report that 5 to 20% of women suffering from menorrhagia have VWD. Lastly, a recent survey showed that while 91% of hematologists were able to identify menorrhagia as an indicator of VWD, only 4% of gynecologists were able to do so. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Factor 5 Leiden predisposes people to hypercoagulability and presents with normal PT, PTT, and INR. Choices 2 and 3. Hemophilia A and hemophilia B affect coagulation factors 8 and 9, respectively. They result in a prolonged PTT without change in PT, but this is unlikely in this patient because they are inherited in an X-linked recessive fashion, and without a history in her father, the patient would not exhibit signs of hemophilia as a female. Choice 5. Antiphospholipid antibody syndrome can occur with or without symptoms of lupus erythematosus, and it can lead to the coagulation study findings as noted in this question or with even more prolonged PT or INR. She doesn't exhibit any symptoms of lupus and denies previous medical history, making this diagnosis less likely. That's all for this review about von Willebrand disease. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, 
you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.